everyone. This is Marielle Kirby, and I'm sitting here today with my husband, Brandon Kirby. Hey, everyone. And so thank you for listening to today's episode. With everything going on in today's political climate, there are so many thoughts that we have to share. And, you know, especially in the wake of George Floyd's death, we've lost others. We've lost Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, we know that they are investigating Robert Fuller's death in California. And, and so, you know, there's lots of suspicious activity and just so many questions surrounding the racial climate here in the United States. And it brings forth so many thoughts and feelings in that regard. And, and so, you know, Brandon, let's start with you. Share with me and with the listeners about, you know, what your feelings are currently being a black male in the United States. As a black male, you already realize that there are certain things that you have to do when you, before you even step out of the door. What are some of those things? Be aware of your surroundings, how you interact with people, how do you come off to other people Mm -hmm. that don't look like you. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's already something that you're frustrated with because you don't want to have to do that all day, every day. But it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's at a whole nother level where I feel like now I feel when I step out of the house, it's like I'm going into a war zone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. to feel that way. Um, it is. I mean, you know, I can agree being an African-American woman, you know, first married to an African-American male, I now have, you know, concerns, not only for myself, but also for you as you leave the house. And, you know, I have nephews who are all African-American and, you know, other family members who are African-American, obviously. And so, you know, it is an additional stressor that we have to live with every day You know, and it's one that we've always had, but because of the current racial tension that we know has been incited by the media, and so to see so many people, so many citizens of the United States, and, you know, whether they're citizens or not, it it is disappointing to see so many people falling subject and falling victim to, you know, all of the efforts that the media has has gone through to display our community and to you know exploit our community the way that they have it's been exploited for so long and Mm -hmm. i am just tired of it yeah we have come so far we've worked we are very hard-working people Mm -hmm. and yeah i i can't i can't stand how the media portrayed as like the only thing we know to do is stand on a corner yeah and and not do anything right we we are we are doctors we're lawyers we're husbands we're wives you know we're you know 
good citizens mm-hmm. and you know it's enough is enough yeah you know it it because i agree with you brandon i am i am really tired of the narrative that is being told you know there's a saying um and you may have heard this but the the thought process that if you don't remind people and and if you don't educate people and where they come from then history will repeat itself and you know I have always disagreed with that statement and you know part of this goes back to when I was a teacher in my Mm. first career and you know you you teach history you teach about very briefly not you know very briefly it might have gotten a day or two it because it was not highlighted in the curriculum but you, you teach just a little bit of African-American history. And, you know, that's the story that's told in the books is, you know, slavery. Slash, yeah. And then you may read an excerpt on Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, it's, <laughs> and you, don't, you don't learn anything else. That is the story that is sold to America and around the world. And, you know, I feel like there is a TED Talk titled The Danger of a Single Story, and it talks about the danger of portraying a people in only one way, and that is what has been done to us by the media and by the education that is offered in public schools. We have been portrayed as a, as a single archetype, and that right. is what people have believed, and we have been subjected to abuse and exploitation because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I mean, you see it every day. I, I remember when I used to work in the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I had a, a patient. I was had an appointment with. I was going to see that morning, and usually, you know, I had my scrubs on. Mm-hmm. I knock on the door to say hello to the patient. The patient's on the phone, and she gets off the phone with her with her friends. Like, hold on one moment, and then she tells me, she's like, "Excuse me, sir. Yeah, I, I'm done with my tray," mm-hmm. and you know. But what was funny is that when she was talking on the phone, she was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm about to have therapy soon. The therapist's supposed to be coming in. Yeah. But, you know, as soon as I came in the door, you know, because I'm African-American, she mm-hmm. assumed that I was there to pick up her tray. Right. And I actually was the person that was going to be performing her therapy with her. And her her face, just yeah. the look on her face, you know. Yeah. And that's, you know. That, that is that the, assumption. You know? But, you know, I think that's an excellent example because, you know, I believe that going back to that that quote that I was sharing, that belief, you know, the explanation for constantly reteaching and reteaching where everyone has come from and, and constantly reminding people that we served as slaves in this country, you know, I feel like it's an attempt to not let anyone forget, you know, the way that we originated here in the United States. And... I think it is a way to reinforce white supremacy. And we know that that is an issue in America. We know that that is a, a false narrative that yeah. has been sold. I mean, yeah, we, we came here as slaves, but we weren't slaves. We were not originally slaves. No. We were not slaves. We were people that were stolen yeah. and forced to work for free. You know, it's unacceptable. You know, I told you that story when um, this might have been my first year actually going back to when I was in the classroom, and I, and I say that because, 
it was during that time when I was really subjected to a lot of the generalizations regarding the black community. And so I remember I was walking through the hallway and I was heading to my classroom, you know, my classroom. And someone passed by and asked me if I had my keys and could I unlock the door for them. And so, you know, right then and there, I knew that they had assumed that I was there to serve as the custodian. And while, you know, every, every position, every role that someone serves in is equally significant, that was not the role that I was there to serve. Right. I was there to be a teacher, you know. But still, it's just, it's a shame that after so many years and after so many struggles, you know, following the, the civil rights movement, that here we are again with history repeating itself and fighting the, the same battles, you know, the mm. same battles. Yeah, it's just unfortunate for people to continue to die. Mm-hmm. And At the hands of police brutality, brutality and systemic racism. Yes, and that doesn't even, it shines a, a light on the situation and some people sometimes want to just sweep it under the rug you yeah know? yeah it's it's ridiculous you know it's interesting when you say sweep it under the rug because you know I work for a corporation and a statement was released by the corporation immediately following George Floyd's death and that statement was a tribute to George Floyd and to the black community and it you know was stating that it stood in solidarity with people of color. And that is to, you know, that is something that is to be appreciated. I applaud the corporation for mm. releasing that statement, you know. But a friend of mine, who was also an attorney like myself, she shared with me her thoughts on that statement. And she shared, you know, that statement is to be celebrated. But, you know, when are we going to see? blacks and people of color in upper management you know because it's one thing to release a statement and say we support you all we are there with you but it's another when you actually take action and take people of color and place them in positions where they deserve to be you know not just making sure that 13 percent of your employees are people of color you know, to, to match the 13% of the American population who is African-American. No, but that you go ahead and you employ all of the people of color who are qualified for the positions, whether that ends up being 13% of your employees or whether that means that 50 to 60% of your employees end up African-American. Yeah. You know, um, and I only say that for... African-Americans who want to work for someone, you and I and, you know, family that we've talked with and other people that we've talked with, we know the importance of building and creating your own business yeah, and your own independence. Very important. But that's a, a separate conversation it for is. another day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just to emphasize the importance of um, businesses and, and corporations who are supporting people of color you know don't just say that those people will be supported but take action and make sure that the face and the the viewpoint and the perspective of your corporation is also shown through 
the positions that your employees are serving in. Right. You know. Those are all good points, love. And, you know, I know we will eventually talk on another show about the importance of people of color having their own businesses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being able to generate that that wealth for your own community. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's very key. It's pivotal. And moving forward as people mm-hmm. in in America, in the world. Right. I mean, because, you know, the, the constant attack on the African-American community, and, and we know that these attacks are subtle attacks. And so, um, you know, when I look at the voter suppression that has taken place, when I look at the rule that prevents formerly incarcerated people from being able to vote. And when I look at, you know, the the different schools, the charter schools that are coming up and that are taking money away from public Mm -hmm. education where African-American students are are attending. And when, when I look at all of these things, I cannot ignore all of the all of the attempts, all of the efforts that are being put into dismantling the African-American community, yeah, you know? Um, and so it, it makes me think of a quote that I heard years ago, years ago. I was, I was very young um, when I was in the classroom. And I bring this up because the students that I taught taught me so much. And I'm able to uh, bring that perspective into my career as an attorney. But this student shared with me, mm. you know, in her paper, she said, you know, Miss Kirby, how can all of us move forward when half of us are held back? And I love that quote. This was a, a young Caucasian girl, and you know she had such wisdom mm. for her age, and I thought that that was a beautiful statement and one that really should be welcomed and you know should serve as a philosophy for people moving forward. It should. You know? I mean, it's a, it's a great thought to actually put into action and yeah. live. And so, you know, my thoughts are, because I've been thinking about this for the last several days, weeks, you know, however long all of this, um, all of this tension that has been going on has been created since that time. And my thoughts are, you know, how, how do we move forward? How do we move forward? We know that there are protests going on and we know, thankfully, Brianna's law was passed. And so we know that great strides are, are being taken. But just as, you know, for individuals taking it day by day, what can be done to to move forward and to, to continue to grow, you know? Because my thoughts initially are to not let everything that is taking place around us to make us feel fearful or to, to take away our encouragement. You know, because we are experiencing a, th- this is genocide, this is genocide. You know, when you look at the definition of, of genocide, which is the, the intentional removal of one's culture, that, that is genocide. You know, it does not have to be in the sense of, of where we saw with the Holocaust or in Sudan. This is a cultural genocide that African Americans have been experiencing since we, we've come to America. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, I think what we're doing, talking about our feelings yeah. to our listeners and just trying to figure out what, how, how do we push this forward? How do we 
take that frustration yeah. that we've been feeling over generations and and make a true effort to change mm-hmm. the outcome of yeah. this. And, you know, Brandon, I really love that statement because as you were speaking, you know, I came to realize that this is really a call to action. Yeah. You know, this is not something that only African Americans can participate in. You know, I want to also acknowledge that I know that lots of people, whether they are Caucasians or other people of color, they are also supporting the African American community. But I have to go further and say that, you know, that not doing anything, if you're not someone who feels like you may be participating in microaggressions or if you're not someone who who feels that you are racist in any way you know that's just not enough to support the african-american community you know to stand in solidarity with the community also means to recognize when that privilege is being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. you know for for example if you are someone who is entitled or or who is offered a promotion and you know it is not one that you deserve and you know that there is a person of color who is better qualified for that promotion, then don't accept that promotion. Otherwise, you have now become a part of what has oppressed the African-American community. Right. You know, um, so, so this is something that everybody has to be a part of. It's not enough to just sit on the sideline and say, I'm supporting the African-American community. You have to be willing to to take less and to maybe not have the title that is preferred, but, you know, that is the reality. That is the reality because we have seen, you know, it goes back to episode two when we were interviewing my dad who was serving as a territory manager for the Internal Revenue Service before he retired. And something that he shared with us in that interview is that it took him 19 years to get a promotion. 19 years where he also said, you know, the, the Caucasian male would have taken three years at the most for the same promotion. And that is simply unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It is. You know, I, I think about the the time um, my grandfather you know he was a part of the Wilmington team yeah and um, you know he was that was a a big time mm-hmm. in civil rights and, yes it was you know the struggle that they went through mm-hmm. and I think about the members that actually went to prison yeah for those years um, and how wasn't until maybe a a couple of years later, I mean, Mm -hmm. not a couple of years later, but just recently now Mm -hmm. that before Beth Perdue left office, she actually pardoned what they did. And, you know, yeah, I mean, and that was a a great thing to do. That was was, a great thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it took so long. It should not have taken that. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It should not have taken all of that. Yeah. You know? And so, I agree with you, Brandon. I think, you know, that's an excellent story to share. And I would encourage, um, you know, anyone who is listening to read up more on on the Wilmington 10 Mm -hmm. because it's a pivotal moment in African-American history and uh, in in Southern history in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that this is something, you know, 
despite these turbulent times, this is a time where we can all truly reevaluate the steps that we are taking and the decisions that we are making and find ways to make our community stronger. I agree with you, love. Like I can't agree with you more. And amongst what's going on with the pandemic and things like that, it also makes me, it, it's a great, even though what's happening with the pandemic is a sad thing, yeah. along with what we're experiencing in our culture, it's really, this is a pretty good key moment to yeah. to step back and reevaluate the things that we're doing mm-hmm. in our lives and figure out what we can do better going forward. This is some time mm-hmm. in the storm where we can strategize and come together mm-hmm. and realize the resources that we have, where to put them yeah, and move forward. Yeah, I think, you know, Brandon, I think that's a beautiful point. You worded it perfectly. It's a time to strategize. I absolutely agree. You know, and, and as we continue this call to action, you know, we know, we talked before in the in this very same episode about you know the portrayal of our community in the media and so let this also be a call to action for those who are a part of the media you know if you are a member of a news station or you serve as a news anchor or you're selecting content you know look at the content that that is being displayed for viewers yeah you know don't portray us as simply a people who are frightening so to speak or who are threatening so to speak or who are needy yeah. need handouts this is that's not, not okay yeah. that is not okay on behalf of the media it's unacceptable <laughs> it's unacceptable so if you have a role in that find a way to reevaluate your role make sure to depict it's multiple the, yes. areas multiple areas you have to show all sides of the narrative not just the single story yeah you know and so let this also be a call to action to actors and actresses you know we know that in the movies in hollywood we know that we tend to be portrayed certain ways and and that's not okay either we don't have to accept roles that are just for the entertainer or just for, you know, the, the, the funny man yeah. or the, the chauffeur or the sidekick. We don't have to accept those roles any longer. Nope. You know, so let this be a call to action. If you are an actor or an actress, strongly consider the power that you have in all of this and when you're deciding whether or not to accept a role. And so, you know, going forward, this is just something um, that we want to reinforce with, with all of the children in the African-American community, that this is a community to be proud of and to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and while our culture has been slowly dismantled and has suffered from systemic racism, we know that we still have a community. Our community is still standing, and it is still one to be proud of. And so, you know, some, something else to add as well is we want to acknowledge all of the different 
positions and roles that people play within our community. We know that we have African-American doctors, African-American lawyers, teachers, business owners. business owners, yes, members of the technological community, financial community, healthcare, healthcare, you know, homemakers. We know that there is a diverse, diverse group of roles and positions that are filled. And so whatever the role, we simply ask that we take this this time, this tumultuous time, and think about how we can successfully move forward in a way that further supports the African American community. Well said, love. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Brandon. And so everyone, we'd like to thank you for listening today. You know, we know that this is a, a difficult topic, but it's a conversation that we really want to remain having throughout time and we encourage our our viewers to continue to talk about this amongst themselves yourselves Mm -hmm. yeah and if you have any questions you know please please contact us yes please contact us at askcactuspod at gmail.com we welcome any thoughts that you may have and you know we just want to further emphasize that we are all working together to overcome the obstacles that we are facing. Yes. Okay. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to talking with you the next episode. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Please subscribe.